once we kind of got in this deal, it kind of almost took on a life of its own. And, you know, we got to the point where we would game plan some weeks where we didn't necessarily give the tight end a side to line up. He would line up wherever the other team's best rusher was. You know, it was kind of a game plan deal if we didn't feel very good about our right tackle that week, then we might always line up the tight end of the right, so he was chipping out to that side. But if we felt, you know, like, hey, maybe the defensive guy is going to cause us more problems than our personnel, then we would just let our tight end line up wherever the better defensive end was. And so it ended up being a really, really kind of good concept for us, and, and it kind of took care of a lot of problems up front with that chip out, you know, a tackle that maybe was facing a better defensive end athletically. We're back for our second in the series of the Passing Lab with our host, Josh Herring. And this one is with Jay Wilkinson, a guy who I've met before, talked ball with before. I think learned about him when this thing started to blow up digitally. Gosh, over, I think it's over uh, 15 years at least. But a great guest here, very detailed in what he shares today on our podcast. Tell us more about Tell us more about Coach Wilkinson. Yeah, Jay is, he's a ball coach's ball coach, and he is one of the most well-connected guys out there. He's a great networking guy, and he is a guy that I've gone to many times. If you have a question about something related to schematic football, he has a practical answer. And I think that's one of the great things. Sometimes guys will, you know, kind of talk around you in circles. Jay can go straight to an answer and say, no, this is good or this worked for me. And those are some of the most precious resources out there when you've got a guy that can communicate that kind of information and make it simple. And today in the core of the podcast, we're talking about a concept known as double. Give us an overview about what we're going to hear today. Yeah, so one of the things we're going to try and do on the pod is, is have occasional episodes where we really try and we're going to talk about a lot of things, but we're going to try and really narrow down and talk a lot about one concept in detail, kind of a passing game's greatest hits. And Jay, I knew was somebody who ran the double concept, and I was intrigued by it because you see it at every level of football. It's one of the first things on like a day one install if you look at college and NFL playbooks. And it's just a really neat way to get the ball to really good playmakers on the outside while still having answers against zone with a middle triangle that you create. And Jay just does an excellent job breaking down every single route and every single role of every player on it. And I think a lot of people, regardless of your offense, is something you can run and get something out of. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. 
All right, I want to welcome Jay Wilkinson to the pod. Jay, uh, well-known and coaching circles, is the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Fayetteville High School in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I know if some of you may know Jay, Jay is one of the guys, probably one of the earliest guys to have his stuff put on the internet. I don't know if, if you put it on there, Jay, or if somebody else pirated it, but I remember really, really early in the internet coaching game, some Jay Wilkinson, Jinx High School, passing game stuff out there, so a lot of you probably may know him through that. He's a great offensive mind, and uh, we are going to talk tonight. Super excited. We're going to look at one of the greatest hits of passing the football. We are going to talk about the doubles concept Jay's had a lot of success with, and so Jay, just uh, really appreciate you being on, man. No, I appreciate it. I think a lot of those early internet files were when I was young and dumb and had some hair, exactly. It's been many, many years ago since those came about. We all had more hair back in those days. I'm right there with you. Let's talk about the doubles concept. I've got pulled up right now on my computer. If you go to any of those internet sites, if you go to football tool chest or any of those cool places that have all the playbooks, you pull up an old school West Coast offense playbook or even the new ones in a base concept, you're going to see 24 double go, 24 double square out, 24 double Harvey. It's an old school concept going all the way back to Bill Walsh. And I think uh, we've talked a little bit about this. You know, I think it's something that maybe wasn't as in vogue and really made a comeback a couple years ago when you and me and everybody in the country was studying LSU. And I know one of the things I'm excited about talking to you about is I know you didn't have uh, two all pro wide receivers and, you know, a first round pick quarterback uh, all the years that you've been running it. So you've had some success in high school. So just, if you will, explain a little bit about just what doubles is, what the concept is, and then just kind of how it's evolved within your system. No doubt. And so for us, just in its base form, when we call double, we're going to get a wide receiver. He's got basically a middle of the field read. So he's going to basically try to control both safeties, if you will. Both safeties aren't on the hash or inside, then that guy's got to win down the middle of the field. But what we're trying to get is that guy to kind of control both safeties and then basically a route of our choice on either outside that can win versus one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, when we first started this, I was at Broken Arrow and in our conversations, really while we how we kind of happened upon this, Coach Harper was looking for a way to help out our tackles with some chip protection with our tight end. We were trying to figure out ways where we could get an off tight end to help chip a defensive end to our tackle and then release. Like you said, I mean, I'm just scouring the internet looking for ideas and I happen upon an LSU virtual clinic clip and they're talking about the double concept. And I'd seen it in West Coast playbooks, but never really kind of understood it, just saw the drawings. And I had a connection at LSU at the time, so I just happened to call him up. And we, as more and more we got into this thing, it just kind of took on a life of its own. That's really cool. So talk to me a little bit on the middle read. So you mentioned the middle read and controlling the yep. middle of the field. So for him, how are you guys defining just whether the middle is open or closed? Are you looking at the weak safety or the boundary safety, or is it just a one high, two high thing? Kind of work us through that, uh, and then we'll go to the outside route. Yeah, so it's a one high, two high thing. And what we're telling him basically is if it's too high, he's got to win off the near safety. He's got to win off that guy. So we're trying to step on toes. Obviously, we're trying to release around the linebacker, any underneath coverage as fast as possible, get to that safety. And he's got to win that one-on-one. -on -one. So we're not assuming anything with him about the backside safety. He's just concerned with that safety. So his angle, basically, of his break, it could look like a dig. It looked like a real fat post. It could look like a skinny post. 
based on what his near safety does. Now, if he gets any type of rotation or just a true one high, his route becomes an automatic dig. And we basically make all of our digs at 10 yards, and we keep those things on the move. That's the great thing is you're always going to end up in this middle triangle in the middle, right? But you have so many things. I mean, basically an unlimited route tree with guys on the outside. For guys at the high school level that don't have – you know, Jefferson and Chase and Joe Burrow to execute the concept. What are some of the things at the high school level that you've had success with thrown on the outside? Obviously, anything that is a go or outbreaking route that kind of fits into your repertoire and kind of what your quarterback can handle. So, like, for us, one of the things we start out, we're a big speed-out throwing team. We run our speed-outs. We try to basically push to eight yards, and then we speed cut that thing. So when in our verbiage, we talk 8-10-8. So we're going to break somewhere around that eight-yard mark, wherever our inside foot hits, and we're going to roll our hips and roll that thing. So it's going to max out around 10 or 11 yards, and then we work back down that negative stem so the corner can't cut that thing off. So that's why we always say 8-10-8. So that's one of the places where we start. But we've gotten to the point where, you know, we've called basically a word that's almost like four vertical to our receivers where now basically they're running takeoffs and they're reading the corner. And if they can win, they keep it on a go. And if the corners are soft, they're running basically comebacks or hinder outs at 14 yards. We've gotten to the point where we run a lot of post routes. So we run post corners out there. And then one of my favorite things to do is we've got more kind of maybe not a speed guy out there and we're getting some one-on-one coverage. We like to run a lot of stutters, so we'll get pushed to like 10 to 12, really bang our feet like we're setting it down and then take it off if we can't blow the top off the coverage. We've run out and ups. Basically, you kind of have the route tree on the outside. It's anything you want. So for us, it was as simple as we call double out or double comeback or double go, and it's basically every route that we have that's not an in-breaking route could be called within the double concept. Coach, that's really good. You brought up speed out. So I remember Chris Brown, the smart football fame, had said one time that the most beautiful thing in the passing game is a rhythm speed out thrown on yes, time. Sir. And I think, you know, for me, we I tag one of my roles as offense coordinator, I would tag the opponent's passes because we're looking at how we're going to throw the ball. And, you know, I'll probably tag 90% of our opponent's passes this year, and very rarely do you see anybody throw an outside speed out. there. You see inside speed outs, but right. outside speed outs, I think there's a lot of merit to throwing that, and you just don't see it as much. Why do you think that is, or do you think it's just a fad thing, or why, why have you guys had so much success with it? I think, one, it, it does take a little timing between your quarterback and receiver, so there is a little investment. You know, the thing that we've found is now with the odd defense, too high stuff, a lot of quarters inside leverage, there's a lot of open grass numbers to the sidelines. And so we were looking for ways to attack that area. And so we started kind of going through the route tree. The speed out just kind of fit us better than maybe like a comeback. Even my, you know, average arm quarterbacks haven't had a lot of problems. They just get to that point where they develop that rhythm of the route, the rhythm of the drop and let that thing go. And they kind of get to where they're almost throw into a spot where they know that receiver is going to be. And again, I think with your receivers, it's a little bit different because a lot of guys work, you know, a 90 degree square cut. But now when they get that feel of rolling kind of off their inside, you know, and, and working that angle, it can get really hard to stop if done right now. I think the thing is a lot of receivers try to cheat it 
and then that throws off your quarterback's timing. And so, you know, we'll work a lot of cones at the first, putting those cones out there at eight yards, make them run through the cones before they break. There's a lot of grass on the outside of the field versus today's defenses, and I think we got to take advantage of it. So we've great multiplicity on the outside. you got a really good route against middle open. You mentioned Coach Harper and wanting to chip. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing with the back and maybe the tight end if you're an 11 personnel or the kind of those box control routes you have or how you're forming the middle triangle. Can you talk us through that a little bit? We varied where we put the tight ends. We typically set the tight end to whatever side we want to do. His rule was basically he would communicate. They would have a call with the tackle to obviously let the tackle know they were chipping. So the tight end's rule was he was always basically going to chip the widest rusher. So sometimes if we got an edge blitz, we may not chip the five technique, we might chip the wide rusher for the tailback, and the tackle would have to be aware of that. But his general rule was he was going to chip the widest rusher to the side, and then we basically ran him on a drag, and he was kind of our hot. So if we got zero pressure, we knew, hey, we're going to get a chip, and then we're going to get that tight end drag. So if we got all-out blitz, we'd have a chance, you know, basically to kind of build in a generic hot for a high school quarterback. Our tailbacks were basically our just general six-man protection and we we're always trying to swing him away from the tight end. So we'd have the tight end drag into one side, the tailback check release to the other side if he didn't have any protection. You know, Coach Harper got in the deal where we got into some like two tight end empty stuff. We had our three wide receivers running double. And then our tight ends were basically checking and one had a drag and the other one had like a shallow. So it kind of created an inside mesh concept for the defense but we were still having double on the outside for the quarterback. And once we kind of got in this deal, it kind of almost took on a life of its own. And, you know, we got to the point where we would game plan some weeks where we didn't necessarily give the tight end a side to line up. He would line up wherever the other team's best rusher was. You know, it was kind of a game plan deal. If we didn't feel very good about our right tackle that week, then we might always line up the tight end of the right. So he was chipping out to that side. But if we felt, you know, like, hey, maybe the defensive guy is going to cause us more problems than our personnel, then we would just let our tight end line up wherever the better defensive end was. And so it ended up being a really, really kind of good concept for us. And, and it kind of took care of a lot of problems up front with that chip out, you know, a tackle that maybe was facing a better defensive end athletically. As far as the chip goes, you know, I feel like a lot of guys struggle with that as they're worried that it's going to knock the guy off their tackle or it's going to hurt their tackle. Did you or Coach Harper have any coaching point on the chip on how you, you were working that? Well, the biggest deal was that we wanted the tight ends to understand you're not trying to ear hole the guy and knock the guy down. We're just trying to take some speed off of it so the tackle can collect it. And so, you know, that was kind of the most important thing. And again, it took a little time in practice for those guys because the tight ends were really trying to, to treat it like a wham block. And it's like, hey, let's get a knockdown, you know, because Coach Harper had a whole system on knockdowns. That's not what we're trying to do. We're just trying to knock the speed off where the tackle can get to it. And so that was the biggest thing was just, hey, we don't want to knock the guy so far inside that now it puts our tackle at a disadvantage. We just want to knock some speed off of him where now he basically has to come into the tackle's body and then tight end release. To be able to have a concept where you, you're still getting guys, your best guy's the ball, but you can plan for a dominant pass rusher and not get out of your base offense. And you talked about empty. You know, that's really in vogue right now. Seven-man protections, empty protections in the NFL so guys can push it down the field with dagger concepts and things like that. We had a few years ago, 
Will Anderson, who just got drafted third, uh, we had to deal with him. And it can be really, really upsetting as a coach if you realize that this destroys game plan. So to have something that's a base pass that's got protection answers, I think that's the kind of stuff guys are looking for. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot team m-o-f-o dot com slash demo and mention coaching coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10 percent off your first year so great job on all the receiver stuff let's go to maybe the most important part let's talk through your quarterback process and what you're teaching him and how you're training him to work through this concept because he does have some decisions to make he's got a double routes on the outside you know how does he decide what to work how does he determine when he's going to work that middle triangle that you built with the drag and the swing and the middle read? Just take us through that. No doubt. And so the first thing was we had to know if we were getting cover zero blitz. And so, again, that's kind of where, okay, if it's cover zero blitz, where is my outlet? Because, you know, if I've got post corners on the outside, that might take a little while. That's not going to be great. So now maybe it's a tight end. Maybe if I have double go on, hey, maybe it's a deal where I go one, two, three, and I let it fly and my guy can run underneath it. And so, you know, we had to kind of consider, are we getting blitz? And is it cover zero blitz? If it's cover one blitz, hey, it's still six-man protection. We're taking the edge off. We got everything protected. Now we got a chance to really push the ball downfield and, and hurt the defense. So that was kind of number one. Second thing is, if it's not blitz zero, we're going to find the safety opposite of the middle route. So probably 90% of the time, our middle route was to the field. Every now and then, depending on where the ball was, if it wasn't necessarily on the hash and we had some room in the boundary, we could put him into the boundary just to kind of mess with people. But we're going to find the safety opposite the middle route, assuming it's too high. And so we're going to read that guy. If that guy opposite the middle route is doubling the single receiver, then now we know the middle route has to win. If that safety's holding the hash or maybe, you know, poaching back across to that guy, now we're one-on-one. -on -one. And generally – we start out always kind of throwing the boundary guy until our quarterbacks get the hang of it, and we kind of know what their arm strength is. 
Then we'll let them have some field throws based on receiver, matchup, game plan type stuff. And so, again, there are times where I've had a young quarterback that it's always like, hey, if the safety holds the hash, you're always throwing the boundary. You don't have the arm to throw it to the field. Like the kid I have right now at Fayetteville, like we're using the whole field sideline to sideline. So it's like we got a post corner of the field and the ball's on the left hash. Hey, and you like the matchup, we can throw that thing out there if you like. And so that's kind of the biggest thing. And then you just have to determine, like, if it is one high, are you getting some sort of cloud? Is it rolled? Because now if it's clouding the boundary and it's one high, you almost have to work the field to the check down. Or Tampa is kind of the same way for us. Tampa gets a little tricky from the standpoint of is now they can get underneath and over the top of both the double routes, and they've got a guy in the middle of the field. So we talk in terms of a lot of times on Tampa – And again, kind of as we go through the game plan, knowing the windows on the dig, you know, so our digs are always two window digs. So we'll either hit it in the front window or a lot of times whoever the middle player is pushes, we can hit it back behind him on the second window. So a lot of times versus Tampa, we might kind of peak the deep routes, but knowing we're going to come back into that dig either in the first window or the second window. Good stuff, coach. That's really detailed. I think that's one of the great things about your stuff is how detailed it is. And I think anybody listening to this can go run the concept, which is pretty awesome. Do also want to point out that if you're interested in this concept, Coach Wilkinson has got a CoachTube course that goes into this and several other cool things and probably more to come. I think, Coach, sometime soon. He'll have hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> for you. We've also, we got a couple other questions we always, we like to ask. I always, you and I have talked and, and we talk about research and what's going on. Anybody you're studying right now or anything guys out there need to know about or should be interested in as far as kind of your off-season research and development, I think you do a fantastic job of that. So just kind of talk guys through, you know, where your areas of interest are right now. Some of the trends, like I kind of look more at kind of some of the, maybe the defensive trends in college football that might filter down the sexy things, uh, you know, TCU, Iowa State, three high safety. Like, you know, I try to find teams that attack those guys well and look for ideas, whether it's running game or passing game. And then I think one of the trends kind of that's going to filter down to us that me and you have talked about a little bit about is just the game planning, the the P and 10 stuff. You know, I think it's been kind of an interesting study this offseason. You know, I started down a rabbit hole with Tennessee that led me to Hofstra, Baylor, OU, and then it gets into tempo stuff. And then it's kind of led me back around to P and 10 plays and just how guys have that different section of their call sheet. So that's one of the things we're kind of looking at this spring is since we are a no huddle team, how can we affect defenses on P and 10, either through huddling or some pre-stap shifts and motion stuff. And so that's the deal. And I think the thing that more than anything, like you said, the, the word research, and I know me and you have talked a bunch, but like the double stuff, like, I mean, you know, it went from seeing some simple diagrams in here at a clinic to before we really did it, like we did a pretty in-depth study. And that's something I wish I probably would have done more often in my earlier career. Like I would go to a clinic, hear a guy on a concept and say, hey, we're putting that in. Whereas now I'm to the point where I'm going to talk to three or four guys that do it and, you know, basically learn from them what their mistakes were. Like I've talked to you about some concepts and say, okay, what are the pitfalls to doing this? What do I need to know? Because if I can take those guys' knowledge, they've already been through it for two years. If I can take that and, you know, kind of lessen the hardship on us, it's even better. Yeah, that's great, great advice. I wish 24-year-old me, a first-year coordinator with a whole lot more hair and a lot more probably confidence. Right. (laughs) 
that would definitely right. that would have definitely helped. So if you're a younger guy, that's great, great advice from a coach that's kind of been through the wars. All right, we'll wrap up. I got a couple questions that everybody wants to know, Coach. If you're an offense coordinator, you throw the ball. Yes, so sir. I got two things for you. What during a game head attire do? Are you a cap guy, a visor guy, or nothing? Well, what do you have on your head during the game? Uh, well, let's see. I was a visor guy when I had hair, but I can't remember. I think I stopped doing the visor deal when I started losing hair. So that seemed to be probably about 10 years ago. So I'm either nothing or a ball cap. It just kind of depends on the feel. Basically, I start out in whatever I wear the first game. If we win, I'm riding that out. So if we keep winning, whatever it is, I was bad one year. A couple years ago, we got on a roll, and I was wearing short sleeves, and it got cold, and I'm like, crap, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm on a streak with this deal. So in practice, since I've been at Fayetteville, I've worn the same ball cap every practice. It was purple at one point. Now it looks like I don't even know what color you call it. The kids are like, you got to throw that thing away. But I I guess I'm a little superstitious, so I'm either nothing or a ball cap now. All right, nice. Now, I think I think I know the answer to this, but let's go. This is one guys, for whatever reason, they're fascinated about this. And, and a guy said, listen, you got to ask this to every one of the guests. So there's a theory out there that since this is a passing game podcast, there's going to be a lot of visor wearers. So right. we'll see. We'll see at the end of this. What is your pregame drink of choice? Oh, it's sugar-free Red Bull all day. I was talking to a guy about that today. How I don't have a sponsorship is amazing. Like, I mean, <laughs> Basically, by the time of kickoff, you know, this is going into my third season at Fayetteville, and the people already know. By the time of kickoff, the, the only question kids and parents ask me is how many Red Bulls I've drank today. So that's like the whole count. I might even crush one at halftime or two, but I'm a sugar-free Red Bull guy. Just that's it. It's that and water, and that's about it. Fascinating to see the window into the minds of these good coordinators and what the pre- those two things, man, they're key. I think they're key. That's part of the legend of the OC. So, coach, great, great stuff. Really enjoyed having you on. I think anybody that listens to this can get a lot out of it. That's a great concept, and like we said, it's one of the greatest hits. And I think guys hearing it from a high school coach that uh, has got experience at the high school level, running it at a high level, is going to really help people out. But I really appreciate you and. Uh, Let's get together sometime and talk some more passing game. No doubt. And like I said, I'm, you know, hey, I've all this stuff, none of this stuff like I came up with on my own. Like, like we said, like I've researched this. So, man, if anybody wants to reach out to me, find my email on the Fayetteville website or any website. Like I haven't changed email. It's coachwilkinson at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter. Like I love talking ball. I'm just like you. I love helping people out, uh, you know, because I was there once too. And, uh, Man, if I can help somebody out on it, I'm I'm always willing to find time. Awesome, awesome. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. It's time for our winning edge, takeaways, and ideas for implementation. So many things today in this episode with Jay Wilkinson. What are the three that really stuck out to you, Coach? Well, you know, Jay, he does such a good job of going over that concept in detail that I think any coach in America can listen to that and really be confident, hey, I can run that concept in my system. But three things that really stuck out to me. One, just the importance of the middle read route. And he does such a good job of coaching it up. But that route is such a big deal right now at all levels of football. And there are so many different forms of it. And I think Jay's way of really reading safety leverage and being able to base the break of your route off that safety is 
an easy, teachable way high school kids can run it, and you can get your best guy the ball in a variety of ways. I think that really stuck out to me. One of my favorite things, second takeaway that Jay talked about, and it's towards the end of the pod, if you listen, he said that one of the ways we can study in the offseason is look at defenses that are becoming popular or maybe fad defenses if we want to be derogatory and and look at teams who did well against them you know don't just look at them on film find the teams that did a really good job of moving the football and scoring points and that enables you to get ahead of some of those things that high school defensive coordinators are going to be looking at so I thought that was a great point the final thing that he talked about that I just thought was huge is we so often in the passing game draw really cool routes. Jay talked about how to protect this thing, and he talked about a really neat way they developed in the double concept to be able to chip a really good rusher and even align based on the concept. Because of how the concept works, you can move that tight end that you're going to use to chip wherever that pass rusher is, and the passing concept still holds up. So I think it's a pretty innovative, neat little way to make sure that you can align however you need for success without having to really overthink it as a coordinator when you're formationing and your game plan. Coach, two great weeks so far. I've really enjoyed listening to these. I appreciate the work you're doing here in the passing lab, and we look forward to the next one. Looking forward to enjoying it, Keith. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes and resources. In addition, we have articles and our winning edge takeaways detailed in text. Also sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, and featured resources. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.